Hi, everybody. This is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. As you've doubtless heard, the name Seth Rich has exploded back into the American political media and news landscape uh, recently after a certain period of dormancy. The information that is coming forward at the moment is shocking. It is deep. It is many-layered. We're going to try and peel back those layers and to ascertain, at least as best as I can at the moment, the truth about Seth Rich, his murder, and what it means. So, of course, the backstory we start with on July 10th, 2016. Democratic National Committee staffer Seth Rich was shot twice and killed near his home in northwest Washington's Bloomingdale neighborhood. The 27-year-old Rich had been employed by the DNC to work on a computer program to assist voters to more easily get to the polls. Responding to reports of multiple gunshots, patrolling police found Seth Rich lying in the street and bleeding at 4.19 a.m. Now, despite supposedly being the victim of an attempted robbery, none of Rich's possessions were taken, and his wallet and cell phone and a very expensive necklace were found on his person. Thousands of dollars worth of stuff just left lying there. Rich was pronounced dead at approximately 5.57 a.m. at a local area hospital. Seth Rich's father, Joel Rich, said, If it was a robbery, it failed because he still has his watch, he still has his money, he still has his credit cards, still had his phone, so it was a wasted effort except we lost a life. Now, multiple individual uh, groups uh, and individuals have announced rewards for information leading to the conviction for the murder of Seth Rich, including WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. Why would WikiLeaks, an international organization for the dissemination of whistleblower material, why would WikiLeaks take interest in one of Washington's many murders? We'll find out about that in just a moment. Washington's Metropolitan Police Department have put up $25,000 and Republican lobbyist Jack Berkman has put up $130,000. Republican lobbyist and D.C. lawyer Jack Bookman said nothing was taken from Seth, not his wallet, gold chain, credit cards, or a sizable amount of cash. So you know there's no robbery gone awry. And Mary Rich said there had been a struggle. His hands were bruised. His knees are bruised. His face is bruised. And yet he had two shots to his back. And yet they never took anything. Now, Even more backstory, for the past, I don't know, several months, Democrats have been saying basically the same thing. They've been putting forward unsubstantiated assertions that the Trump campaign was somehow coordinating with Russian intelligence officials to undermine and and hack the 2016 presidential election and thereby stealing the White House from Hillary Clinton. Now, part of why it is perceived by the Democrats that Hillary lost the election was because of the release of tens of thousands of emails and attachments from the DNC, which um, is supposedly, of course, coordinated to some degree in this fevered imagination scenario by Trump and Russian intelligence and so on. That's one of the ideas that is being put forward. Russia stole the election. Russia hacked the election. That is the argument put forward. So this is a very key component of this, which is why you're not hearing a whole lot about the information I'm about to share with you from the largely leftist media. Metropolitan Police Department spokesperson Alice Kim on August 9th, 
2016, so this is less than a month after the murder, she said. At this time, there is no indication that Seth Rich's death is connected to his employment at the DNC. However, we welcome information that could potentially lead to the identification of the individual, bracket S, responsible for his death, and are pleased when any outside contributors help us generate new leads. Now, in August 2016, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange strongly implied that Seth Rich was the source of the Democratic National Committee email leak. Now, of course, WikiLeaks has a very strict policy of keeping those who supply WikiLeaks with information, keeping their identities anonymous. So he's not going to outright go and say it. But why is he so interested in Seth Rich? I assume that Julian Assange knows the identity of the person, if it was a person who leaked this information from the DNC, these emails, he would know that person's information. So, in an interview, Julian Assange said, Whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material, and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old works for the DNC, was shot in the back, murdered just a few weeks ago for unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. Now, come on, people. This is not a massive intelligence test. This is not even reading between the lines. Whistleblowers face grave risks for giving us this information. 27-year-old Seth Rich was shot. This is not that complicated. The reporter said, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? Assange said, no. And then he said, there's no finding. So the reporter said, what are you suggesting? Assange said, I'm suggesting that our sources take risks and they become concerned to see things occurring like that. How many thousands of murders a year in the United States? Julian Assange talks about the risks whistleblowers take and zeroes in on this one murder of a guy who knew IT. He was working on a computer program. He knew IT. He knew computers. This is a whistleblower. Whistleblowers take risks. This guy got shot. Come on. This is not complicated. The reporter said, was he one of your sources then? Knowing, of course, that Assange can't answer. Although he does, and my take, you can watch the video, we'll link to it below. I believe that when the reporter says, was he one of your sources then? Assange subtly nods. And then Julian said, we don't comment on who our sources are. The reporter said, but why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Julian Assange said, because we have to understand how high the stakes are in the United States. Our sources take serious risks. That is why they come to us, so we can protect their anonymity. The reporter said, it's quite something to suggest a murder. That's basically what you're doing. Julian Assange said, well, others have suggested that. We are investigating to understand what happened in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is a concerning situation. There is not a conclusion yet. We wouldn't be willing to say a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. More importantly, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens. You, you can't make it any more plain. I'm just in my particular opinion. Now, this is interesting as well. Because this robbery gone wrong stuff, 
I mean, it's kind of like an IQ test, right? Because less intelligent people are going to say, well, I guess it was just robbery gone wrong and anything else is a conspiracy theory. Whereas smart people are going to say, what, shot in the back, robbery gone wrong, nothing was stolen, he was right there, come on. (laughs) Come on. And of course, only the smart people are going to be thinking of getting information to pass along to WikiLeaks, so it doesn't alarm the masses, but it's a clear shot across the bows, in my opinion, for smart people who might be thinking of leaking. Now, BuzzFeed has reported that Fox News commenter commenter Ed Butowski put the rich family in contact with Rod Wheeler. He's the private investigator whose recent commentary has reignited interest in this whole Seth Rich story and situation. Ed Butowski said, They said they didn't feel they were getting any answers. I assume that means from the cops. The investigation wasn't going anywhere. I said, Why don't you hire a private detective? They said, They didn't have any money. They negotiated something in their contract that said, any money Rod, which is the private investigator, is going to bill, Butowski is going to pay. But Rod Wheeler has never billed me a penny. Nobody has ever paid anybody anything. Now, we're going to get to Brad Bauman. He's a representative for the Rich family in just a little while. But Fox News says, although Bauman said Wheeler was paid by a third party, the family is named as clients of Wheeler's capital investigations on a contract signed by Rich's father, Joel Rich. So private investigator Rod Wheeler on May 15, 2017 said, The police department nor the FBI have been forthcoming. They haven't been cooperating at all. I believe that the answer to solving his death lies on that computer, which I believe is either at the police department or either at the FBI. I have been told both. Private investigator Rod Wheeler, May 15th, 2017, said, I have a source inside the police department that has looked at me straight in the eye and said, Rod, we were told to stand down on this case and I can't share any information with you. Now, that is highly unusual for a murder investigation, especially from a police department. Again, I don't think it comes from the chief's office, but I do believe there is a correlation between the mayor's office and the DNC, and that is the information that will come out. When Wheeler was asked if his sources have told him there is information linking Rich to WikiLeaks, he said, absolutely, yeah, that's confirmed. Chief spokesman for D.C. Police Dustin Sternbeck said, There is nothing that we can find that any of this is accurate. DNC statement said, We know of no evidence that supports these allegations. We are continuing to cooperate with investigators and have no further comment. Now, it has been 10 months plus. So, what has happened? Who is assigned? How many hours have they worked? What progress has, have they made? What requests have they put out into the public? What information have they dangled to try and elicit responses? What has been going on? Now, the Rich Family spokesman, Brad Bauman, May 16, 2017, said this. As we've, see, as we've seen through the past year of unsubstantiated claims, we see no facts We have seen no evidence. We have been approached with no emails. 
and only learned about this when contacted by the press. Even if tomorrow an email was found, it is not a high enough bar of evidence to prove any interactions as emails can be altered. And we've seen that those interested in pushing conspiracies will stop at nothing to do so. (laughs) Sorry, just thinking of the DNC myself, but let's continue. We are a family who is committed to facts, not fake evidence that surfaces every few months to fill the void and distract law enforcement and the general public from finding Seth's murderers. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me when you're trying to figure out a crime, you have motive, means, and opportunity. Now, clearly, the people who shot him, the persons or people who shot Seth Rich, they had the means, they had the opportunity. What was their motive? Well, the story of robbery is somewhat undermined by the fact that they didn't steal anything. So another motive could be payback for releasing information from the DNC to WikiLeaks. So if there is communication or was communication between Seth Rich and WikiLeaks, that speaks to motive. Doesn't prove anything, speaks to motive. That seems kind of important. Brad Bauman, the Rich family spokesman, went on to say, The services of the private investigator who spoke to press was offered to the Rich family and paid for by a third party and contractually was barred from speaking to press or anyone outside of law enforcement or the family unless explicitly authorized by the family. So that's interesting. The PI, the gumshoe, not allowed to speak to anyone outside the family without, or outside of law enforcement or family without express permission of the family. So that's a non-disclosure agreement, right? It's an NDA. I guess they'll be suing him tomorrow for breaking this agreement to keep things private. If they don't, hmm. Brad Bauman goes on to say, This is devastating to the family. They have confidence in the police investigation and believe that every single one of these fake news stories actually harms the ability of of the police department to get to the bottom of what actually happened. I think that they've expressed some discontent with the progress being made by the police department. And I fail to see how bringing Seth's murder back into the light, bringing more information back in the light, engaging the all-seeing Soren eye of Slash Paul is doing anything other than helping the police. More people are aware of it. More people may remember something. More people may know something. More people may come forward. So I don't see how this is... Stopping the police. Oh no, there's more publicity about a crime. I mean, isn't that what the police do when they want to open a cold case or they want to get something going? Is they publicize the crime again and ask for new information? Publicity helps, right? Unless... Dot, dot, dot. So WikiLeaks on August 11th, 2016 said, Seth Rich's new family spokesman is Brad Bauman, a professional Democrat crisis PR consultant with the Pastorum group. Now, this guy is a Democrat and a half. I mean, he's on RT talking about Trump's impeachment. I mean, he's just all over the, the case of the Dems. So he's, he's, in, he's in there. Brad Bauman's LinkedIn page lists his roles as managing a crisis communications and full-service public relations firm and providing strategic communications advice to Democratic candidates and labor unions. So Seth Rich worked for the DNC. Why is a professional Democrat crisis PR consultant representing the family? 
I mean, that is, uh, that seems significant to me. And, and why aren't people reporting this? They're reporting, well, you know, this is what Brad Bauman says, but they don't point out that he is a crisis consultant management guy for the Democrats. Who's he being paid by? Their family says they don't have any money, can't even afford a private investigator to investigate the death of their son. Who's paying? This guy is not a cheap guy. Who's paying him? Fox News is reporting that Wheeler's comments have since been independently corroborated by a federal investigator. Fox News said, An FBI forensic report of Rich's computer generated within 96 hours after Rich's murder showed he made contact with WikiLeaks through Gavin McFadden, a now-deceased American investigative reporter, documentary filmmaker, and director of WikiLeaks, who was living in London at the time, the federal source told Fox News. McFadden died of lung cancer October 22, 2017, at 76 years of age. So this federal source, according to Fox News, went on to say, I have seen and read the emails between Seth Rich and WikiLeaks. The federal investigator told Fox News, confirming the McFadden connection. He said the emails are in possession of the FBI, while the stalled case is in the hands of the Washington Police Department. Huh. Democrat involvement, FBI failing to move on emails they have in their possession. I don't know, what's the French phrase for deja vu? Fox News went on to say the federal investigator who requested anonymity. (laughs) Yes, I can understand that. Hey, I'm going to criticize potentially nefarious stuff that might involve the Clintons. I think I'm going to do this from a bunker on Mars. Fox News went on to say the federal federal investigator who requested anonymity said 44,053 emails and 17,761 attachments between Democratic National Committee leaders spanning from January 2015 through late May 2016 were transferred from Rich to McFadden before May 21st. Remember, he's the London director of WikiLeaks. Fox News continues, on July 22nd, just 12 days after Rich was killed, WikiLeaks published internal DNC emails that appeared to show top party officials conspired to stop Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont from becoming the party's presidential nominee. That controversy resulted in Debbie Wasserman Schultz resigning as DNC chairperson. WikiLeaks has also retweeted the recent Fox News article entitled Slain DNC Staffer Had Contact with WikiLeaks, Investigator Says, which adds, of course, to the speculation. So, look, I mean, come on. If you don't understand what WikiLeaks is doing, I literally, I don't know how to help you, and, and this may not be the channel for you. It's all as clear as clear can be. The Democratic National Committee and Debbie Washerman Schultz are currently being sued for fraud in a class action lawsuit brought by Bernie Sanders supporters who made financial contributions to the candidate with the expectation of a fairly conducted primary process. For more on that lawsuit, please check out my interview with attorney Jared Beck on this very channel. We will link to it below. Very, very important stuff. Now, 
We've been hacked. Information has gone public. It's terrible. We think it's the Russians. We don't. It's terrible. What are we going to do? Well, (laughs) surely you would call the FBI. They seem to have some experts pretty good at figuring this stuff out. But the Democratic National Committee never allowed the Federal Bureau of Investigation to examine their supposedly hacked service, despite, quote, multiple requests at different levels. Former, ah, former FBI Director James Comey confirmed as much while testifying under oath and couldn't explain why the DNC rebuffed the FBI's request for a first-hand examination. Didn't trust the FBI. Huh. I guess for the Democrats, you only trust the FBI when it investigates, find evidence of significant wrongdoing, but then doesn't recommend a prosecution of one Hillary Rodham Clinton. So, December 2016, after multiple requests at different levels for the FBI saying, hey, we'll have a look, we'll find out how you were hacked. Of course, if they weren't hacked, if it was a leak from inside, then that significantly undermines the whole trump Russia narrative, right? So if the leak came from inside and a guy got murdered, see, pieces falling, it's like not Tetris here, folks, right? Pieces falling into place. If it was a leak from inside, that would be pretty quickly established by the forensic computer experts at the FBI. They'd say, well, no, it was a leak from inside. Now, if it was a leak from inside, then they can't pull the whole Russia wool over everyone's eyes. So that could potentially be a motive as to why they kept the squints from the FBI as far as humanly possible from their computers. Instead, December 2016, the DNC hired a cybersecurity firm called CrowdStrike which later released a report asserting that Russia was involved in hacking the political organization. Huh. Interesting. We'll get to what WikiLeaks has to say about this hatching of the Russian narrative, the excuse as to why Hillary lost. Politician with decades of experience and spending way more than Donald Trump lost, lost, lost. Well, we'll get into what WikiLeaks has to say about that in a second. But isn't it interesting how the company hired by the DNC when the DNC has every interest to push this Russia narrative. The company that's paid by the DNC ends up supporting this Russia narrative. Oh, but not for long. Stay with me, folks. March 24th, 2017. Voice of American News published an article by Alexei Kuzmenko and Pete Kobus titled, quote, Cyber Firm Rewrites Part of Disputed Russian Hacking Report. And it goes a little something like this. U.S. cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike has revised and retracted statements it used to buttress claims of Russian hacking during last year's American presidential election campaign. The shift followed a VOA report that the company misrepresented data published by an influential British think tank. In December, CrowdStrike said it found evidence that Russians hacked into a Ukrainian artillery app, contributing to heavy losses of howitzers in Ukraine's war with pro-Russian separatists. VOA reported Tuesday that the International Institute for Strategic Studies, IISS, which publishes an annual reference estimating the strength of world armed forces, disavowed the CrowdStrike report and said it had never been contacted by the company. Ukraine's Ministry of Defense also has stated that the combat losses and hacking never happened. The article, cyber firm, rewrites part of disputed Russian hacking report, continued to say, CrowdStrike 
was first to link hacks of Democratic Party computers to Russian actors last year. But some cybersecurity experts have questioned its evidence the company has come under fire from some Republicans who say charges of Kremlin meddling in the election are overblown. CrowdStrike's claims are the basis used to demonstrate allegations of Russia hacking the DNC. Now, of course, yeah, as I mentioned, CrowdStrike hired by the DNC ends up furthering a DNC narrative. And remember, the more you can talk about Russia hacking and, and intrusion, internal leaks, cybersecurity companies won't do much to help you with internal leaks. No thumb drives, right? But if it's nefarious actors coming in from overseas trying to worm their way through your firewalls and stuff, well, cybersecurity companies do very well from that kind of narrative, and that's something that's not often referenced. The stocks and income of these companies is going through the roof as this you know, international nefarious ring of state-sponsored hackers are constantly trying to get at your browser history. Ah, says half my audience. But um, it, uh, there is a financial incentive in pushing that even outside of the DNC stuff. Now, the recent WikiLeaks Vault 7 release also demonstrates how CIA hacking tactics and code, which have long since been leaked outside the intelligence community, can misdirect forensic investigators as to the origin of viruses, trojans, and hacking attacks. Boy, you know, it'd be, be a real shame if Americans and other people around the world, particularly in the West, if we gave up massive amounts of privacy rights in order to be kept safe from bad things. And then a lot of the money that we spent to keep us safe from bad things was used to develop hacking tools, which then got lost out onto the web and ended up in the hands of a whole bunch of people who hijacked your data, encrypted it, and then demanded bitcoins to, to pay it off. Boy, wouldn't that be terrible? I mean, imagine if it actually hit hospitals and people couldn't get their operations. Good job, security agencies. Way to build the wall. WikiLeaks said, Marble, this is a protocol, Marble is used to hamper forensic investigators and antivirus companies from attributing viruses, trojans, and hacking attacks to the CIA. The source code shows that Marble has test examples not just in English, but also in Chinese, Russian, Korean, Arabic, and Farsi. This would permit a forensic attribution double game, for example, by pretending that the spoken language of the malware creator was not American English, but Chinese but then showing attempts to conceal the use of Chinese, drawing forensic investigators even more strongly to the wrong conclusion. Eh. Ever since the personnel files of the State Department were hacked, nobody knows anything, because nobody knows who's compromised, nobody knows who's been blackmailed, nobody knows anything. It's an alphabet soup nonsense at the moment, in my humble opinion. Shut it down. Stop invading people. Stop inviting everyone. Just a thought. So... Probably unrelated, but somewhat worth mentioning. An email from John Podesta to Robbie Mook on February 22nd, 2015. He said, I'm definitely for making an example of a suspected leaker, whether or not we have any real basis for it. So. This game of reversi is getting a bit old, but I'm going to do it one last time. Okay, maybe a few more last times, but this one is kind of important. So just imagine this, if you want, if you will. Let me take you on a little journey here. 
Imagine if a Trump staffer was murdered mere days before incredibly compromising emails about Donald Trump were published. And the publisher of those emails all but said the Trump staffer was the source. This guy then gets murdered. And the publisher of those emails offered a $20,000 reward for information regarding his murder, zeroing in on this guy. Now imagine that Trump said, oh, we got hacked, we got hacked. And the FBI said, hey, we'll come and look at your computers. We'll find out who hacked. We'll get these guys. And Trump says, no, you can't have access. But I'm going to hire my own company that uh, comes out with a report that says, oh, yeah, it was the New York Times that, that, that hacked Donald Trump's servers and released all his emails. Yeah, it was the New York Times. Carla Slim, once more. Now, imagine if the key claims that supported this private Trump-hired company's claims that the New York Times accessed illegally his servers. What if the key claims to support all of this turned out to be wrong and then were re retracted from the private company's report? Imagine if a private investigator connected to the family of the murdered Trump staffer claimed to have evidence demonstrating a clear motive for murder and the possibility of a massive cover-up by Trump. Imagine if a Trump-aligned spokesman for the family came out and rebuffed the reports. Just imagine. Imagine. I mean, imagine. Don't even have to imagine. Remember how mental they went? Over his cat-grabbing? Hey, did you know? Some women really like sexual advances from rich, powerful, tall, and famous men. <gasps> Stop the presses. Hold the phone. Just imagine. They would go mental. It would not be a conspiracy theory. It would not be considered a conspiracy theory, but a very legitimate line of inquiry, which is what it should damn well be. So... What do we have? Julian Assange is all but admitting that Seth Rich was the source of the DNC emails. There is some evidence, some verbal evidence, anonymous sources, I get all of that, but some evidence that Rich was in communications with WikiLeaks. James Clapper, former director of national intelligence, says there's no evidence of Russian hacking. And recently WikiLeaks tweeted out, that all of this spin about Russia hacked the election, Russia hacked democracy, Russia hacked my cat. This was an idea that was hashed within 24 hours of Hillary Clinton's really shocking for the left. They thought they had it in the bag. Remember, 95, 98% chance of victory. All of the D-plus polls turned to be way off the mark. That this idea, we're going to blame it on Russia. Russia hacked everything. Russia did it. Russia, Russia, Russia. I ate my homework. Within 24 hours of Hillary Clinton... Losing, WikiLeaks tweeted about this, right? So this was occurring within 24 hours of Hillary losing. Quote, new book, by a new book shattered by Clinton insiders reveals that Blame Russia plan was hatched within 24 hours of the election loss. This is important. If the murder of Seth Rich had anything to do with these leaked emails, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but there's some evidence that bears further examination. If it did, the man took an unbelievable risk. An unbelievable risk. There is a lot of violence on the left. We can see this, right, with the loss of this election, with rioting in the streets, with um, bricks getting thrown at people, with cops getting set on fire in France and so on. I mean, there's a lot of violence in the left. It's a very hair-trigger and aggressive uh, ideology. I mean, see this from more extreme forms of, forms of leftism, with communism and so on, slaughter. 
tens of millions of people. So he took a huge risk. And if his death had anything to do with the risk that he took, honoring his sacrifice would be to continue this investigation and go further and go deeper. I'm sure the NSA has some information. I'm sure that they could share it. This idea that it's a robbery gone wrong, I mean, imagine some guy comes up, shoots a woman twice in the back, runs off. Do we say that that's a rape gone wrong? We don't know. Certainly was no rape, certainly was no robbery, according to what the police say. And we're going to need some answers for this stuff. The reason why this comes up, the reason why this is so important, not only would it potentially reveal the highest organized crime levels of corruption within the... um, the Democrats, but there's this growing sense. Don't, don't you feel it? I mean, it's been growing for, for me, it's been growing for decades, ever since, um, you know, Bill Clinton used his uh, assistant as uh, his um, intern as a combination of Geisha Girl and post-fab Kleenex decades ago and got away, got a free pass from the feminists because uh, he was defending abortion, protecting abortion. You can get blowjobs from your interns. Just please, please let us continue killing the future of Western civilization in the womb. That would be excellent. Good deal. Well done, ladies. Fantastic stuff. You know, the same way that you got really upset. Remember, the feminists got really upset when Marine Le Pen, an experienced politician, lost to Emmanuel Macron, who was a newbie. Lost to the patriarchy. Remember how mad that you got to vote for Marine Le Pen because she's going to be the first female head of the French government. They didn't care. She wasn't as hard on the left. It wasn't a globalist. It's all just about the leftism. But there's this growing sense, this growing feeling, this growing suspicion. It's more than a suspicion now that the powerful, politically connected people, they're all above the law. You've got a political class way above the law. The kings, the queens, the aristocrats are not bound by the same rules that you and I are. I just think of the IRS targeting conservative groups, Hillary Clinton's server. I mean, you just name it. Go on and on. Mishandling of classified information, getting a free pass, no consequences. Everybody's well-oiled and slips through, and the law has become a satanic kind of net, a weird kind of net, an inverse kind of Mobius strip net. Where? The little fish are caught, but the big fish magically swim free. If there are big fish in this pond, the republic comes down to this. If the idea or the argument or the reality has become that if you wish to disobey the law, if you wish to be above the law, you must seek political office, only those with the worst motives are going to end up with the most power over us. And for any rational decent, moral human being. That is an unbearable situation. 